The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Sanderson Farms Championship. It's storylines, it's best bets, it's one and done, and probably a little Ryder Cup chat as well. Joining me to break it all down, the coach is here. Coach, uh, stoked to have you. We are we are recording this uh, much earlier than normal. That's my fault, but I'm glad we could get you on because uh, we haven't talked in a while. I'm excited for this. Well, I, I, I have missed being on with you guys. I'm still sitting in my picks, and I'm ready, fired up, ready to go, and I had a solid start to my one-and-done year last week with a zero. Uh, however, however, I knew that KP – was going to be hurrying back from the Ryder Cup. I couldn't miss this. Not for the world. Not for the world. So it's great to be here this week. <laughs> That's him, Kyle Porter, <laughs> KP in the house. And uh, it has been a long week for you. We are asking uh, for one more session out of KP. We're rolling him back out one more time. Let's go. Let's see what he's got left in the tank. Yeah, I'm like I'm like Lee Westwood right now, just trying to drag my <laughs> drag my way through the singles <laughs> matches. <laughs> I oh, I was just telling y'all, I am so tired. It's it is such a fun week. It's such a long week though, and you're you know you're just up late every night trying to. There's just so much information jammed into these three days, and so so many crazy things that have happened and. I think that's part of what makes it so fun, but it's also part of what makes it so tiring as well. I, I want to jump in real quick because I need to give you props because nobody ever does that. I literally was living like through your tweets and through your articles and through all your coverage. <laughs> and I, I felt it like, like I'm not kidding around. Like I felt, and I'm a, you know me, I'm a feel guy and I felt how excited you were and your reaction to Rory and all that kind of stuff. So keep doing that because I, for one, even though I work with you, thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you for that. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate that. It, it's it's an event that has meant a lot to me. I think it's a really important event, and I think it's I think it's a really meaningful event for everybody involved, including uh, you know all of us who get to cover it. So I'm, I I really appreciate you saying that. I would never say this to his face, but Kyle's very good at uh, conveying the emotion through words. I know how I feel. Uh, I assume I know how he feels, but I could never put that into into writing. So Kyle uh, does a very good job at that. Oh, there he is, KP. Uh, before, <laughs> before we uh, – Kyle has an article up on CBSSports.com, which was kind of a, a Monday thing after the Ryder Cup. It was awesome. But we haven't talked, Coach. So I want to get kind of your – Final thoughts, takeaways yeah. from what you saw, a, a historic win by the United States, kind of a passing of the torch to a new generation, whistling straights, whatever, wherever place you want to go. I want to open up the platform and say, Coach, have at it. Well, thank you very much, because I, I haven't even had a platform to talk about this because we've been so knee-deep in our NFL stuff over at the early edge. But I watched as much of the Ryder Cup as I possibly could. I had it on one TV. I had football on the other. And I had a couple of different takeaways. My one was this, that these 12 dudes sat in a room prior to the Ryder Cup, and they looked at each other and said, we're getting ready to go kick their ass. And we're going to step on their throat, and we're not going to let up until we bury them. That was the look I saw in every single face when they would come out, no matter who it was. You never got that feeling that somebody was upset that they were sitting out of session because Steve Stricker, I'll give him all the credit in the world. He had everything lined up. This is what we're going to do for foursomes. This is what we're going to do for four balls. And everything just clicked. My second takeaway, Europe's in trouble. Because if that's yeah. the team that they're going to roll out there for the next four to five Ryder Cups, this is what we're going to see every single time. These dudes are nasty. They are bad. They are top 15 in the world, all like 12 of them, basically. And if that's what Europe has, Rory has to be at the top of his game. And 
to watch him be disappointed in himself, that was like hurtful to watch Rory kind of beat himself up with the tears and the emotion. And you felt how disappointed he was that he couldn't help his team. Below that, the reason he's so upset, because he understands that if he and John Rahm don't do five things well, they've got no shot. They've got no shot to win. And that's what it's going to look like moving forward. Rory's got to play five. Rahm's got to play five. And then it's going to be Victor Hovland. And then where do you go from there? So it was an amazing week, uh, but I don't want it to get to a point where it's so lopsided on the United States side that it's not competitive anymore. But I don't know if that's going to happen, but this was a statement. It was a statement for real. And this United States team, it's going to be very, very hard for somebody to break in to this United States team. Somebody from the outside uh, looking in because none of those 12 guys want to give up their spot. The Sorry, Kyle. Well, I was going to say one of the low key things that kind of flew under the radar on Sunday is that Spieth kind of called his shot for Rome. I don't know if you guys saw in the in the presser. No, he said, "Hey, if, he said if we play like this again, the score is going to be the same." Yeah, <laughs> and it was like two years out. <laughs> can't can't argue with that. Can't argue with it's that. Tr- it's true. They also haven't won there in thirty years, and I think <laughs> that it, it's going to be fascinating because I th- I think the thing about kind of to what coach is saying if if Harris English and Daniel Berger and uh Scotty Scheffler are not on the team in 2023 then you're replacing them with guys that are like if you want to go by strokes gain like 1.5 well not 1.5 1.3 1.4 1. 1.5 guys are better who who is Europe replacing Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood and um, Burn Weisberger with yeah. Sergio yeah. might be on the team, but like who, yep. Yep. the the point the point is the 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 level of player that they're replacing those guys with is just not as high. Now, again, course setup in Europe, potential dysfunction on the U.S. side that hasn't all gone away. But I just the 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 level of like the floor uh, for U.S. talent, is, or I guess the yeah the floor for U.S. talent is so high that. I think coach is right. Like Europe, it, there's some there's some real problems. That haven't been said. Two years is forever. I mean, so many things. Somebody had a tweet. I think it was Robbie Vogel. I, I can't remember. Who, I think that was it. Said Francesco Molinari wasn't on the 2016 team. He wasn't even relevant. And he goes five and zero, oh and two years later, right, right in Paris. So that that type of thing can happen. But it doesn't. I, I mean, you guys are right. Like it doesn't look all that great for Europe as of right now. The U.S. The U.S. will repl- will swap in Sam Burns, Max Homa, and Will Salatoris, and the U.S. And, and Europe will swap in um, Matthias Schwab, Rasmus Hoygaard, and Robert McEnroe. Thomas Dietrich. Yeah, See, Thomas and, that, Dietrich. and that's a great point. I also wanted to say one other thing that I forgot that I got to give credit to the fact that Steve Stricker clearly did his homework, and I point directly to the Bryson Scotty Scheffler team. Like, there was never going to be Bryson with anybody but Scotty Scheffler. And then we find out in the interviews and all this how close they are, how much Scheffler respects his game, how much he leans on Bryson as kind of like a big brother type. And then you saw why they worked so well together for balls. We've talked about it. I thought Bryson, I said this, I thought Bryson should have been in the foursomes. After the event, I've got to take that back. I was wrong. Because the way they positioned Bryson was brilliant. He could be the showman. He can hit all these shots, but yet have a partner that if he hits it into oblivion, he's still in the hole. You do that in foursomes, you can't do that. And I thought that was really, really smart by uh, Captain Stricker to leave him just in four balls. Yeah, because you put him with a guy like, like Sheffler is just kind of unassuming. I won't say happy to be there, but he's just a, he's just, he's, like his disposition is very good. You put Bryson yeah. with somebody like JT who's just out of his mind. That's not, it's not going to work. Like, because JT thinks he's the showman and he is and Bryson and it just, there's a lot of problems there. So I thought the, the fit of those two together was, uh, I agree was, was really good. Uh, KP, you have this article up here on, on CBS right now. And, uh, it, you know, you've probably seen it all over the place. I saw it was being, uh, sent around the interwebs, but it was really, uh, the, the big takeaway for me was some of these quotes that we got, or you got from Rory McElroy talking a lot about 
um, how meaningful this event is, how I believe he actually described as, you know, he's played his sixth and that's probably more than halfway done. He was vulnerable. He was human. Yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. I was texting with uh, Brendan Porath, who's on on the Shotgun Start uh, podcast, and we were texting last night on the way home, and we were talking about how the Americans won. They they dream team. They routed you know new era, all all this different stuff, and yet it's still in a lot of ways feels like this event revolves around the Europeans. And I felt that at Hazeltine too, you know, their exit press conference is always just the, the it, whether they win or lose, it's, it's the coolest thing to be at. Um, the way that they talk about one another, the way they talk about relationships. And uh, I don't know, man, it's, it's a really special week. And I think it gets you in an individual sport. It just gets you so outside of yourself. I talked to Rory for, I don't know, almost 30 minutes yesterday, just about we talked about everything. We talked about we talked about Patrick Harrington's quote about uh, loss of innocence. Remember the quote he had at um, at Kiowa this year. Yeah. We talked a lot. He talked for a long time about the importance of of and it's what kind of what coach was getting at the importance of going of being sent out first. That's a big deal to the Europeans. Like I don't I don't really think about it that much, and I and I don't think the American. I think it's maybe a a, a thi- like a, a kind of a thing to the Americans. But on the Euro side, that's a really, really big deal. And he told me that at first he was slated to go 11th. And Graham McDowell and some other guys were like, whoa, that hold on. Rory, I, I know he's not playing well. Rory McElroy does not play 11th on Sunday at the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. And Especially when you're, said, not down, when you're down uh, mm-hmm. whatever the score was going into Sunday. And he said it was so cool because he he was talking about just how meaningful that was to him for all these guys mm-hmm. around him to say, "Hey, Rory, Rory sucks this week, but he's still our guy." <laughs> and he was like, "I couldn't." He told me he was, he's like, "I couldn't sleep on Saturday night because that meant so much to me, and I wanted so badly to to go out and and win in that in that leadoff spot, you know, e- even though the score was out of hand and whatever." He lost to Reed in sixteen. He lost to JT in eighteen. And he was just desperate not to lose again. And I don't know. It was, it was, I didn't like, we didn't record it. We were just taught like it, it was such a cool conversation just about the Ryder Cup, about his career, just about everything. We talked about like how we cried now uh, so much and coach can relate to this so much more so as dads than we ever did before. And I think that, yeah, I think that some yeah. of that emotion that you saw on Sunday from him was like, him considering his own golfing mortality and and maybe his own like personal mortality. You know, I, I think weeks like this, they just, they're so emotionally charged that they make you think about things like that, that you don't normally think about. So it was, uh, I'm very grateful to have gotten to write about that, to have been there for that moment, to see him and his wife just, I mean, he was just sobbing. Like it was, it was so surreal to to because you have this onslaught like the wind is coming, the tide is just rolling in um, for the Americans, and then all of a sudden Rory just like there was just this spell over everybody around this 16th green, and it was a it was a really surreal moment, and uh, yeah, I hope I captured some at least some of that in that in that article. Oh, are you kidding me? I mean, it was you captured every single thing. And I think at this point of all of us, when we watch something, we we have a tendency to put the mirror up and look at ourselves. And the one thing I think I'm most proud of is over the course of the last four years and why I can sit here with you guys today is the the evolving I've done as a human being, as a person, as a father, uh, as a leader, whatever. And when you listen to a guy that you've watched since he was a curly haired, you know, young kid and now evolved from a person who didn't even care about the Ryder Cup, who literally said it doesn't matter to me. And now you, you know, you fast forward 10 years and he's literally crying and there's not one person, not one that said, oh, those are fake tears. Oh, he doesn't really mean that. Oh, this is all for show. It wasn't for show. And to watch him and at every interview that he did, how did he end it? He's like, I hope that every little girl, every little boy wants to be part of a team. So to me, it takes it outside of the world of golf and just to being a person. And I don't care if it's a team 
that you're playing on. I don't care if it's a team that you do a show with every week. How close have we all become in the last nine or ten months? Much closer than we ever were before, right? So being part of a team because we lift each other up. And that's what Rory was talking about, is that they lifted him up when he needed it. And so many times in recent years, he's lifted them up. So win or lose, that was in material at that moment because he was talking about being part of a group. And when it's all said and done, nobody's going to care about his his Ryder Cup record. They're going to care about the person that he was and the people that he affected and the things that he did. And that's how I looked at it. And I took away from your coverage, KP. So it was very, very meaningful to me because this stuff matters to me. It really, really does. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I think the thing that surprises guys, especially on the Euro side, and Shane Lowry essentially said this was like, it's almost, I mean, Europe got their asses kicked, and Shane Lowry's like, this is the best week of my life. I mean, this guy won the Open Championship by what, five, four, six, I don't know, by a bunch in like where he grew up. Essentially, I mean, not where he grew up, but close, you know, close to it. He won the open championship and going one and two in this field next to Lake Michigan with like all these crazy Americans yelling at him is the best week of his life. I mean, that's freaking, I I think, I think guys are surprised by the fact that losing together is, is almost, it, it, it's so much, it's almost like more fulfilling than winning alone. Yes. And and yes. Rom said that Rom Rom told I was talking to him on uh, seventeen T boxes thing you know Brooks is is almost making a one there more cow is hitting it to three feet I mean it's just a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bloodbath and Rom's like listen he goes I just and this was like we we're just standing on the tee with like three guys and he goes I won the U S Open three months ago that doesn't touch this week you're and kidding they're, they're, they're like in the middle of just getting destroyed. Like, it's not like play was over. He had just gotten it done with his match. And he goes, the things that you guys are feeling, like all the emotion and everything that's going on, he goes, think about how we're feeling in the middle of it. And it was just like this. He, It's not like he won the U.S. Open three years ago. He won it three months ago. Right. And he's so, he's so overwhelmed by just how meaningful a week like this is. And and I think the Euros, I think the Americans embodied that more so this year than maybe they have in the last 20 years. But I yes. think the Euros have always embodied it. And I think that's why they're so appealing and so attractive when it comes to to rooting for a team at the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I think it's I think it's so interesting, especially with Rory who has been in the spotlight for a third, maybe nearly half of his life. And to see the evolution that you mentioned, coach, from the curly head. I mean, I I think about my own worldview and how much it's changed in five years or 10 years. And he's doing it kind of in front of everyone. He's being asked questions every single week. And it's just, it's just, um, it's kind of, I don't want to say weird. It's just, you always have to remember these guys are human too. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's, we don't always think they are. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. The Rob, go ahead. Sorry. The, uh, I'm go ahead, coach. I, I don't want no, to. No, 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 no. You okay. got, you got it in your mind. Go ahead. The the other, the other thing that he said was like, I was like, man, you're, we were talking. I was like, your life is, is really, you have a, you have a weird life. Like there's just not any other way to say it. Like it's a very unique, strange life. And he was kind of laughing and, and he said the thing that people don't understand. And I think I put this in the article is it's a, like that week is so special for the guys that are on the team, but it's not, it doesn't stop there. It's, it's extraordinarily special for all of their wives and girlfriends and like families to gather, to congregate in, in a way that they, they, he's like, we don't like, we don't take vacations with people like we used to. We don't, we don't um, spend time with friends as much as we used to. So those weeks have like a heightened uh, meaning for, uh, especially the Euros uh, on that team. Yeah, I think you're starting to see, too, based off of what you just said, why it's so meaningful for guys to be vice captains, to just be connected. I mean, we didn't even talk about Phil at all 
And he was on site. He was very much a part of being a vice captain. Zach Johnson, the same thing. Every single interview, I felt like they were talking about Tiger texting somebody or Tiger calling somebody the night before when they were in the uh, the, the the team room. And he was very much involved. And so, and then you saw every time a guy would win, here comes the girlfriend or here comes the wife. And you just forget how many people are on site. And then, of course, the GOAT. MJ just there with the stogie and a Bob Rashad <laughs> riding his coattails. I mean, that's when it really came home to me. And then to read the Steph. quotes from MJ about yeah, and Steph Curry doing the interview with Michael Jordan. I mean, how when when are you ever gonna get that? I mean, yeah. and you got it at the Ryder Cup. I mean, all those things just I I I will never wrap my head around anybody that doesn't have golf in their life and doesn't enjoy golf and sport. I just I I don't get it. I don't want to get it. I don't want to live in a world like that. It was just freaking awesome. I I, I do want to give credit to uh, <laughs> this kind of pains me, but I want to give credit to Brooks Kepka because oh, I know, I know, it's, it's I, know tough, I know. It's a tough scene for me, but there was a moment on <laughs> Sunday. So everybody was done. DJ's, you know, drinking on his like third drink. Everybody's standing <laughs> on the 18th green. And there were like, I think there were three matches still on the course. It was Harris English. It was uh, Spieth and Berger. And Ke- and every, all the players are standing around, and Kepka turns to uh, Jenna, his fiance, and says, "Hey, I'm going to go watch uh, Boog, who's Daniel Berger." And he and and he kind of like with all the other guys runs back up 18, back to 17, where like where all those like those other uh, matches are kind of finishing up. And it, listen, that's not like a huge, that's not like abnormal. That happens a ton at team events like that, but. I, it definitely struck me after the way he talked about this event, how heavily he had been criticized. There were no cameras around. He he was just going to watch a guy that he had partnered with over the first couple of days and going to root him on, even though the the, the event had been, you know, over for like th- two hours. It was it was toast. And he they didn't have to do that. Like they could have just stayed and drank and waited for everybody to come through. Um, but Kepka kind of like was one of the first guys out there. And I thought, I thought that was, that was, uh, that was kind of cool. I, I thought that was a real thing. It was. And yeah. when I, I guarantee you, we don't ever hear an interview like that from Brooks Kepka again, he will never say it. I think it meant something to him at the end of the day, to your point. I don't think we'll ever hear him say it throws me out of my rhythm. I, I, I think that's over. I really, really do. We are going to continue to decompress on the Ryder Cup probably until um, until we get to Rome. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to make a little bit of a hard pivot right now to the to the Sanderson Farms. And there is there is one guy making the trip from Whistling Straits to uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Two guys. Two guys. Two guys. Two guys. Who's the other one? Zach Johnson. He was a vice captain. Oh. He's playing this week. <laughs> I was, I, you don't know how hard I was racking my brain. I was like, and I was thinking at the top of it, I was like, Sam Burns. No. Uh, Will's <laughs> no. Outdoors. No. I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Two guys making Two the guys. trip. Maybe they uh, drove together. Uh, Sergio <laughs> will be making, uh, obviously, his first start since the Ryder Cup. This is interesting, Coach. You know, there's always this conversation about the Ryder Cup hangover. What, what can Sergio bring? Justin Ray has a very interesting stat here. In Sergio's okay. first start following the Ryder Cup, in the last five Ryder Cups that he's played. Okay, yeah. so his next start, 2008, runner-up. 2012, T9. 2014, runner-up. 2016, T17. 2018, victory. Maybe he carries a little something over from the juices that he felt at the Ryder Cup into his next regular stroke play event. I've got to be honest with you, Rick G. You just completely threw off all my bets for this oh, week. No. Oh, no. Every single one. <laughs> I was going to fade, 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 fade Sergio this week just based but, off the, the complete letdown of last but week. Isn't the, isn't the counter we don't know how far out each of those events was? Or the True. field or any how he was playing leading it. Yes, this is 
it's not I a, don't it's, think it's, it was the next week topic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, right. I'm guessing it wasn't the next week. And I'm guessing yeah. that if this would have been in Europe, he would not be playing the Sanderson Farms, even if he was the defending champion. There's and I do believe yeah. the only reason he's playing this week is because he's the defending champion. And that means For something sure. to these guys. I cannot stand it. And we've been very critical of, of Spieth and these guys that don't go back to these tournaments where they've won that's given them the chances. And I know he's a veteran and they didn't give him a chance. But to me, when you win, you owe it to the tournament to show up the next year. And I don't care what you do, but you got to show up, promote the event. They just gave you a two-year exemption. Uh, Come on. And I'll give him a lot of credit for showing up this week. Now, do I think he's going to play well? I'm just kidding. There's nothing that you told me that's going to change me. Now, none of my picks on the show are against Sergio, but I think some of my personal picks, uh, if I can find them, uh, will be to fade Sergio specifically day one. Maybe not for the whole tournament, but day one, I think he's going to have a really, really slow start. It, it, it is an interesting field, Kyle, because you've got a couple of names at the top. Sam Burns, Will Zalator, Sung J.M., obviously Sergio Garcia. And then uh, now the 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 new grads, the Corn Ferry Tour guys who have generally one event under their belt, kind of getting a little bit more into the groove of what PGA Tour life is like. It's like this weird... I, I think it's like a cobbled together field of um, the new guys who are trying to make their mark. And then some of the guys that are looking at a field like this and saying, I should win this event. Yeah. It, and I think it goes back to what we talked about with the corn fairy about how it's better than people think. Right. And so it's an opportunity for these guys that are, I mean, you're kind of playing in like a corn fairy finals type event with maybe a, like a slightly elevated field. It's not, I mean, I see a ton of corn fairy guys in here, like uh, Grayson Sig and Nick Hardy and, you know, um, Sahith Tagala. And there's just, there's a bunch of guys that were really, really good on that tour that you've got a real opportunity to, I mean, just change the trajectory of your season right here, of your next couple of seasons. So that, that's always a really, I think, intriguing fall storyline. If, if Sergio wins again, it's like, Okay, great. Like Sergio won another tournament, but if Sahith Tagala wins, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, this is wow. This like actually changes, you know, at least a little bit how I think about this upcoming season. Not a ton, but it's it, it's a. I think something like that is a pretty meaningful thing in the fall. These 500 FedEx Cup points worth just the same as when we get to May and June and July. So certainly go. <laughs> A long way. That's the every every stroke matters uh, conversation. Also, breaking news. We should have a breaking news drop. Yeah, I saw Bur- this breaking news. Although maybe breaking news doesn't happen that much while we're while we're actually on. But <laughs> yeah. hot off the presses, coach. Your your backyard, your neck of the woods. The farmers, Tory Pines, one of my favorite places on the planet. We're getting a format change, and I shouldn't say Ooh. format. Okay, a schedule change. Okay. That event will run Wednesday through Saturday. A Saturday finish, presumably to avoid the what conference championship Sunday NFL uh, viewing experience. Tory and the Farmers, they're not going to battle it. They're going to finish up on Saturday. Your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that, A, I'm not doing PGA Tour Live that week. I did just get my schedule through April 1st, and I'm very excited for the four tournaments that I will be doing. However, I feel like that Wednesday, me and Rick G are going to be just sauntering around the Tory Pines, me and you together, because Wednesdays, it's kind of our light days around here. So I like the fact they're moving up, but make no mistake about it. My bosses at the PGA Tour, they are not stupid. And they don't walk around saying, yes, we can go up against the conference championship. Yes, we're going to have people watching us. You know what? The easiest thing to do, shift it one day. And now you finish on Saturday, which is now in the middle of what? College basketball season that really doesn't get going until football is over. So I think it's a brilliant move. Uh, I think it's the right move. And we're going to be seeing this a lot more, I think, throughout the schedule, having uh, just kind of shifting it around so you can maximize the amount of viewership uh, that you're going to get for said tournament. I think this is a really smart move. Coach, you and I will be throwing back some Arnold Palmer spikes on Wednesday <laughs> out at Torrey Pines. Don't no you worry. Doubt. Don't you worry about <laughs> that, my friends. KP, this is actually um I have oh I, listen, I'm I'm critical of the tour. I love this game. I love this sport. I want to see it in the best light. I, I want to put it on the biggest platform. 
I tip my cap. Uh, you know, again, I, this news came out a couple of minutes ago. I don't know how it's going to end up shaking out. I might make the case the entire fall portion of the schedule should be Wednesday to Saturday and not even try to compete with the PGA Tour. Go get those eyeballs. I don't think it's – especially if you do it because – here's my question. Sorry, I'm going on Com- a rant. I'm trying to figure this compete, out. Compete with the NFL, you mean? Don't compete – what did I say? Yeah, don't compete with the NFL. Yep. The idea is now, now the week before, which I haven't looked at the schedules, probably pebble that's still going to finish on Sunday. So there's going to be a shorter turnaround, but if you actually did this for the entire fall portion of this, of the schedule, uh, guys would get into that routine of Wednesday through Saturday for multiple weeks in a row. I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. Yeah. I'm, I'm pro Indian tournaments on Saturday, Monday. I, I, <laughs> It's it, it's nice to have Sunday off, right? Because it, it's it's um, it's like the one day that all my friends and all the people that we like probably spend time with like have like legit off for you know broadly speaking, and for us it's like a really heavy day. So <laughs> selfishly, I love it. I think it's awesome because you get done on Saturday, Sunday you can hang with the kids, watch some football, go to church, whatever you whatever. And then Monday, you you kind of ramp it back up again. It 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 to me it 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 solves a little bit of your problem of this like never ending season type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that you know it didn't completely solve it because you're still playing fifty events in fifty two weeks or whatever. But I, I think it it kind of helps you out a little bit uh, for not only us but all the all the players. And do we really need like three? days of lead in to to a tournament you can get you can get it all done in two i mean furthermore do we need four days of lead into the Ryder cup friday no do that in two you know i i think i think some of the stuff on the front end of these things can be shortened quite a bit it's exciting We'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Um, I was, I'm looking at the schedule. So the week before is actually the American Express, and then Pebble Beach is after the Farmers, and then we'll roll to the Phoenix Open. Which so, yeah, I think I'm doing. I'm doing those. I'm doing those too. I'm doing those okay. too. Yeah, Phoenix is always Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So the Super Bowl is not until February 13th this year. Yeah, they moved, they moved it back a week uh, just to oh, kind of give that, a little well, run. You got the NFL, extra week uh, this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, Sanderson Farms. We've got to do our best bets. We were pretty good at the Ryder Cup. We've got to do our top tens, our sleepers, and we have to make those infamous one and done selections. But first, I need to get Coach's take on uh, Patrick Cantlay. Not no. Ever since you called Patrick Cantlay a robot, he's like, Coach, watch this. I'm not going to stop talking, and also I'm going to be very emotional out on the golf course. I say on my show, The Early Edge, all the time that we change lives, that we change the course of careers <laughs> when I didn't know we, we have a really good, really good week. And I believe that at any moment, my phone will ring and will be either Patrick Cantley's agent, his manager, his girlfriend, if he has one, whatever, or it's going to be, be Patrick it'll, himself. It'll be him himself, coach. Himself. And he's just going to say, thank you, coach. Thank you <laughs> for bringing it to the light what I was doing wrong. And now all of a sudden, he's a media darling. All of a sudden, he does that seven-second pause. And then he answers the question. And all of a sudden, he's brilliant. All of a sudden, he's got this incredible personality. I had no less than five people tweet me. says, coach, where is the coach can't lay commercial coming up? Believe me, I've got it ready to roll as soon as they call me. But I do, or I am able to admit when I'm wrong. And I've really enjoyed Patrick Cantley the last month. I truly have. Now, I was on Bryson to win, so he could have missed a putt or two. But regardless of that, I've been incredibly entertained by his answers. Uh, how he fist pumped to the Ryder Cup, that was completely out of character for him. Uh, so hopefully this Cantley continues on down the road. Then you'll never hear me say robot ever ever again he has the most economic celebrations of any golfer ever (laughs) he doesn't he i was talking to uh i was sitting on six on sunday with uh brendan quinn of the athletic and we were talking about how like he does this fist bump but his his fist only moves like a like a millimeter it's just like it's like right here (laughs) <laughs> and he, he, he says some he says some not repeatable things uh as he's fist pumping but his celebrations are just 
I don't know. Yeah. He's he's very like he might be a he might be crazy, but he's also at the same time very endearing. Um, he is. He is. Yeah, he's he's kind of like. A, He's kind of, it's almost like Rain Man, almost like you know, he has every answer for everything that you ask him. He just really like does. Bry- Bryson's crazy, but he's not endearing. Cantlay seems right. crazy, but also, but kind of in an endearing way. So I agree. I'm with you, coach. I, I, I think the evolution of Cantlay over the last like, month or two has been it's been fun. I, I've enjoyed yeah. it. Me too. We'll keep an eye out for that coach and Cantlay spot coming to a television <laughs> near you. We are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And we're back. All right, gents, time for best bets. This is where we go over to our friends at Caesars and we scour the book. We find the best thing that we want to bet on and uh, we put it in the outline. That's how it works. So last week, uh, we actually did okay here. So Mark went with the very, very specific uh, foursomes day one U.S. over Europe exact score two it and almo- a half to one and it a half. almost hit too yeah. <laughs> didn't give him enough credit it was three to one yeah and it looked like it was live <laughs> for a while there that was six to one so Mark loses on that one Greg got a push off top Irishman between Rory and Shane Lowry uh, <laughs> wow. and then wow. I know think about that before the event started and then KP you and I we had the same one and it cashed it was the USA to go out and win in Sunday singles we had mentioned that hey at worst they're favorites in nine of these matches at best it's like 11 it ended up being 11 John Rahm was the only favorite from the European side it, and they won what eight and eight to four on Sunday eight to four yes it felt like it could have been. I mean, we were watching it kind of unfold out there, and there was a sense at one point. It was right after. Uh, it was as like the first three matches were finishing up. I think they led in like all but Poulter, and you're like, this could be, this could be ten to two. Like they might, yeah. they might get to three touchdowns here, which would have, been, which would have been crazy. Um, so yeah, that that seemed like a pretty. Especially on U.S. soil. I wonder what the last time they lost. Well, I guess it was 2012 when they lost singles on U.S. soil. But it, does, it doesn't happen very often. That was the easiest yeah. bet of the week, by the way. It came off at a minus 195 on Sunday, and I banged it for as much as my book would allow me to. That was the easiest bet of the week. Even with the juice, it was never in doubt. Yeah. yeah, it was minus 143 before the event started. And obviously, once the, the bloodbath uh, began, those odds got a little bit longer still. Definitely, Coach, worth the squeeze. Let's turn our attention to this week. Sanderson Farms and Coach, let's go right back to you. You have gone through Caesars. You've checked out every single option, and you have come back with your best bet. And it is. My best bet this week is going to be Will Zalatoris over... Sunjay, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm looking at my wrong list. I got to bring coach. out, I, I wrote down a bunch of things, and then, so here, here's what I'm going with. Sorry. I'm still going with Will Zalatoris minus 120 over Sunjay M. That's my best bet this week. 
because I think I think Zalator is coming off an 11 place finish uh, in the first event. I think he's truly motivated every time out, and he wants to just get to that victory as soon as he possibly can. I think it could come this week. I love Will Zalatoris. I'm a little bit worried, although my best bet, we, we can still win both of these, Coach, because okay. my, my best bet is Sung J.M. to finish inside the top 20. It's even money. So I'm happy for Will Zalatoris to finish 18th, <laughs> Sung J to finish 19th. All good. All good. We can make this We can make this happen. But I'm, um, I'm not good with that. I'm not good with that because I have Zalatoris in a top 10. So I need him to okay. go ninth and 19th, and then we sure. be good. Or 9th and 11th. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I, I see Sung J.M., especially coming down the stretch of last season, getting back into his DNA, which is being that of a, of a great ball striker. Six events in a row, he's gained strokes off the tee. Four of his last five, he's gained on approach, and he's back on Bermuda grass, which is his best putting surface, which leaves you, Kyle, uh, coming off of – you might be 2-0 and on best bets. No, we all lost on week one. one. On, yeah. On, yeah, we, we all lost Rom, that one. Rom top so, 10. So if you win this one, uh, you have officially started a streak, sir. It has happened before. <laughs> yeah, it has. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go with my, my guy, Mito Pereira. Uh, three ball against Cam Davis and Bassi Munoz. He's plus Ooh. 150. He's actually the favorite out of that group, which uh, Bassi, what, he won here two years ago? Two years ago, I think, yes. Yeah. Um, so... There's some good history for him here, but I just I love the way Mito's playing. He was great at at the uh, the Fortnite, and I think he'll be great again this week. His, to me, his, uh, he has sorry. Well, his strokes gained uh, T to green is phenomenal. He's like he's like eighth in this field over his last twenty rounds, and he's a plus in every category. So he's he's playing really solid golf across the board, which is uh, it's always a good thing. He also has like an eight event head start on all these other grads who are coming up when you have getting comfortable with the tour and the cameras and the ropes and the infrastructure and where to eat lunch and all that stuff. He's got like an eight or nine event head start on those guys, which I think is I think is valuable, especially right now, early in the season. And it should yeah. be pointed out, too, that uh, that Caesars has him in a head to head with King and Bradley. Well, King and Bradley finished T4 here a year ago. So that tells you where the books place Mito Pereira in this event as well. If you, look, if you look at strokes gained overall over the last 20 rounds, I guess Sam Burns, Sung Jay, Sergio, Mito, Harold Varner, Corey Connors. So that's the kind of company that he's keeping. And I don't know that the, the numbers have kind of caught up with, you know, that he, Sergio is not getting the same number as Mito Pereira is because of his name. So I, I, I always like uh, doing stuff with guys. Uh, Let's move on down to our top 10, our sleeper, and our pick to win. Let's start with the sleeper, Coach. This is someone, I don't know if we've ever defined this. We usually go 40, 50, something like that, or longer to win the event. This week, uh, Sanderson Farms has uh, created an opportunity where I think five of the last seven or five of the last eight winners were first-time winners, something like that. Yeah. So you can kind of get some of these longer shots uh, to win the event. So who's your sleeper for this week? Well, I'm not going with a guy who is a rookie or is coming out the Corn Ferry Tour or it would be his first event uh, to win either. But I'm going to go with C.T. Pan. Uh, I, I really I, I had him several times in the summer in uh, PGA Tour live rounds. And he's really a guy that despite his stature is really a grinder and he really figures out how to score in rounds. And he was a top 20 here a week ago. So, or excuse me, a year ago. So I think CT Pan is a guy that nobody ever pays attention to. And then on Sunday, you can see him on the second page of the leaderboard. To me, that's what a sleeper is all about. 66 to one to win. If uh, you would have told me CT Pan would have beat out what six other golfers, uh, including Rory McIlroy, whoever else was in that playoff Mito. at the Olympics, Mito. Yes. CT Pan was going to be the one to come. Morikawa mm -hmm. was in it, I think. Um, yep. You would have you would have colored me uh, surprised, and I certainly was. But CT Pan got it done. KP, I'm going with uh, Joseph Bramlett, who, if you're paying attention, won the Corn Ferry Finals a couple of weeks ago. He made the cut at the Fortinet, and he is very, very long off the tee and very, very wild. But at the Country Club of Jackson, uh, I think you can get away with that. So I'm going with Joseph Bramlett at seventy to one. Uh, I'm going to go like Heath Tagala. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's a hundred to one. Uh, the numbers are great. It's mostly corn fairy stuff, um, but he's he his his pedigree is excellent. And 
I like guys like that who have who have had some success uh, on the Corn Ferry and and have a good pedigree. Let's move on to our top ten picks. I'll start here because uh, Kyle mentioned his name already when he was rattling off those uh, really good players recently. One of them was Harold Varner the third. That's where that's where I'm going. Uh, HV three has been piling up. That's right, Coach. Piling up top twenty finishes both of the Northern Trust and the BMW Championship. He finished T16 at the Fortinet. He's striking it well at the moment. I don't know if he can win, but uh, a top 10 wager for me on HV3. Coach, where would you like to go? Uh, I'm going to go right back to the well again. I've, I've realized the last nine months uh, with you guys every single week, sometimes it is right in front of you. I'm going to go Will Zalatoris, uh, top 10. You're getting him at plus 188 odds, which I love in a field like this, uh, nearly plus 200. So uh, I'm going to go Zalatoris, top 10, pretty straight for me. Zalatoris, top 10 for Coach KP. Your top 10, please. I was trying to decide between Keegan and, and Corey Connors. I think I'm going to go with Keegan. Um, he was top 10 here last year. The Again, the the T to green numbers over the last, uh, you know, couple months have been really solid. So I'll go Keegan as my top 10. I, I didn't see his number on top 10. Uh, Jacob will type it into the uh, outline here shortly, and I will recite it when I see it. Plus 333. There you go. Producer Jacob, very, like he's so yeah. fast. He's so fast. He's crazy. Best, he? He's so crazy. Pick to win. Oh yeah, all the money. Pick to win this event. KP, let's just let's just go right back to you here. Then I'll go and we'll give Coach the stage at the end. Go ahead, KP. <laughs> I I I started doing this last fall where I would pick Billy Z for every uh, every fall event to win. Yeah, I burned him with my one and done. I didn't know he'd finish second at the Masters. I thought I was you know, outsmarting all of you clowns. And I, I was the fool. So, uh, I'm going to go with Zalatoris. It's, you know, I, it's an overstatement to say that I think the Ryder cup fired him up, but I, I think that he watched it. And I think that he, it's not uninspiring, right? It's even for guys like that, that compete at that level. I think, I think you see that and you're like, damn, I want to be there in Rome, especially for him. I mean, those are his guys like Spieth and JT and, you know, chef, he plays with Scheffler all the time here in, here in Dallas. So I'll, I'll go with Zalatoris, uh, in, in the week coming out off the Ryder cup. Will Zalatoris 20 to one over at Caesars. I'm going with Sam Burns. And in the wise words of Michael Jordan, uh, the ceiling is the roof. That's what he said, right? The ceiling is yeah. the roof. That's one of the greatest uh, of all time. The ceiling is the roof. <laughs> that was so great. He didn't even realize he said it at that moment. He didn't even realize he said it. That was so great. <laughs> it's all about the ceiling. It's all about the ceiling with Sam Burns. Uh, here's a good stat. Sam Burns, in 12% of his rounds last season, gained five or more strokes on the field in a single round, five strokes, 12% of the time. No one else on tour did it at a rate that often. Even if you go to gaining three strokes per round or four, he is among amongst the game's elites. He needs to just not have that one bad round every single week. And Sam Burns will be winning a lot of events. He's 18 to one over at Caesars. He's my pick to win, which coach leaves your pick to win the technically 2022 Sanderson Farms Championship. Yeah, I love your two picks, uh, by the way. Sam Burns, you said it. Uh, if he can just get rid of the one bad round, man, this guy's dynamic and he can go low. The average score in the last five years at this event is minus 19. And Sam Burns feels very, very comfortable in that realm. Uh, I almost went with Vils Torres because I do believe he's motivated. I do believe that he wants to get off to a great start and start piling those points up for the Ryder Cup and more specifically the President's Cup, uh, which will be the next one. Uh, mm-hmm. But I didn't want to burn either guy. I didn't want to burn either, either guy uh, this week. So I'm going to go with the guy who does have a very good history here. And I think that we've kind of been overlooking him the last couple of months, even though he's been playing very, very well. He's made some changes to his team, uh, to his game. And I think he's become very, very consistent. And I think in these off events that don't have a lot of top players, you got to look at Sebastian Munoz and say, this is a guy that can certainly have a top 10 pick, but very easily could win come Sunday. He's like Sam Burns that he can go low and really get on a birdie string. I'm hoping that happens this week. So I'm going to lock in Sebastian Munoz as my one and, oh, excuse me, as my winner this week. 
spoiler alert, he's also coming up later for you, Coach. One, uh... <laughs> I, I love Bassey. Bassey's, Bassey's great. I think he's super underrated. He's a good player. I like him too. When he, and when nope. he gets going, he's like, he's he gets yep. it going. I, I, he's fun to watch. He, okay, that's he gonna 41. Be on the, will he be on the President's Cup team? It's funny. I just looked this up the other day. The President's Cup for the internationals. They, of course they, you did. They, they, I know, they <laughs> just started qualifying recently. The, the United States qualifying goes so much longer than the, um, than the international team does. Hold on. Here we go. Current international team standings. Oh boy, this is this is good. You love this it when the me. Wi-Fi just I think, dies well, right think, at that moment. I, real quick, I think I think it's smarter to go shorter on your like. I don't care what you did seventeen months. I ago. agree. I, I agree. I, I, I'm I'm sorry. Like it just doesn't have a lot of bearing. I mean, I get that you're trying to have guys earn a spot, but I it I don't know. It it, it to me is kind of meaningless to go farther back than twelve months. So they started qualifying at the Open Championship, so just a couple of months ago, and it will run through, apparently, the 2022 BMW Championship, uh, if I'm understanding this correctly. Here's the current team. Connors has to be up there. He is. Louis Ustays and Abraham Answer, Cameron Smith, Eric Van Royen, Hideki Matsuyama. That's your top five. Then you go to Mito. Mito's already already number six on this team, by the way. Wow. Oh, yeah. uh, wow. Sung J M, Mackenzie Hughes, Dylan Fratelli, and Johnny Vegas. And then the bottom five of the top 15 in the rankings are Corey Connors, Adam Scott, Charles Schwartzel, CT Pan, and Siwoo Kim. That's a, low that's key, bad. low key. That's a better team than Europe just threw out there this past week. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say that, but I think I think their problem, coach. Not that we need to go deep on the President's Cup right now. <laughs> their, their problem is a little bit of what Europe's problem is in that if you go to Royal Melbourne, that team, like the team you just listed, they kind of they're kind of in it. They go to Quail Hollow against mm. DJ Brooks Bryson. It just it's just not a great course for guys that I think are, you know, Cam Smith and Abe. Well, Abe's a good ball striker. There, there's a lot of guys on that team that are, have really good short games. They're really good shot shapers. They just don't have the length off the tee. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think you go to a place like Quell Hollow and it just it neutralizes everything that they're really good at. It's an interesting team. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, before that event starts. <laughs> um, all right, one and done. This is it. This is the final thing we have to do. We are in week two, so we have one week under our belts. Uh, myself, Kyle, Coach, and Greg all got $0 at the Fortinet. Sia Najad got 65333 Producer Jacob, $315,000. And Mark out in front early with $763 thousand dollars coach not only are you with us at the bottom but you already spoiled your pick it's sebastian munoz that's who you're running out this week yeah but i had something to say that in sports betting and in golf betting the one thing you never do is talk trash after thursday ever because you know you got to get to sunday mark emmelman not only talked trash after week one he publicly talked trash after week one so now i no longer am focused on the group to beat I'm focused on Mark Immelman, and he is in my crosshairs from now until the end of time. And (laughs) so this week, I'm going Sebastian Munoz, and as much as I want to beat you guys, Mark Immelman, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I, uh... I'm trying to find the text that he said I couldn't find it, but yes, he was <laughs> openly, openly, uh, and he was really just ragging on you, oh coach. He didn't even, he didn't God. even acknowledge, he didn't even acknowledge anything it, else except that you missed the cut. It fired it me up. Like, it fired me up. It would be like somebody saying they're they're like an NFL quarterback saying they're going to the Super Bowl after a Week One win. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. That's all right. I, I I went to high school with a lot of kids like that who they wanted to be on our basketball team, weren't good enough, so they'd talk trash from the stands. That's kind of how I felt with Mark talking trash to me. <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. 
Don't even worry about it. Don't even uh, worry about it. <laughs> Sebastian Munoz for the coach. I'll go next because I've already talked about my guy. It's Harold Varner the third. I don't think I have much incentive uh, to hang on to him, and he's like 33 to one. He's got one of the five or six shortest odds. I'm just going to roll out Mr. HV three Kyle. You also share the same amount of dollars that coach and I do, which is exactly zero. Uh, You can change that this week with a good one. I'm going to go with Keegan partly because I, I I don't like, I hate staring at him all season because I always am tempted to pick him. And so I just want to get it out of the way. And so I don't have to just look at it anymore. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Keegan in uh, the second event. <laughs> That's such a great point. There, there's that there's that category of like 10 or 15 guys. They're like a blinking red light that you always yeah. want to take and you never do. Oh, he's yeah. right there. He's right in that category. Oh, my gosh. I will say, Coach, to your credit, uh, last season with your second pick, you took Sepp Straka. This feels like a big upgrade to Sebastian Munoz, a guy who has actually won this tournament in the past. So I think you are off to a much better start this year. Did I just say <laughs> that I just had Mark Emmelman in my crosshairs? Because very quickly, Rick G is going right next to him. Right next to him. <laughs> Sepp Straka, hey, I will did- never live that down as long as I live. Well, hey, what do you think uh, – what do you think DJ was saying in the team room after beating beating Paul Casey three different times, Coach? Um, I'm gonna guess it had it had f bomb in it. Give me Paul Casey. Every morning DJ woke up. He said, "Give me Paul Casey." He just rolls. He rolls into the team room and 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 goes. Give me Paul, give me Paul there. I want him again. I want him again. Now give me a drink. Oh, I didn't even see that coming. Oh my God. You guys got me. Oh my God. Oh, I didn't even see that coming. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. I like I was, I was so ready for a, for a serious answer right there. I'd like oh to say God. I've been I've been holding on to that, but uh that would have been a I just thankfully Jacob was Oh, on it. God. Thank you. Thank you, producer yeah. Jacob. Oh my God. Oh, I'm done. That's a, I'm, I'm officially, I'm done for the show. I can't say it. I can't say Keegan, Keegan for Kyle HV three for myself. Coach is going with Sebastian Munoz. We will get picks from Greg and Sia. Uh, Jacob, who is seeing himself uh, near the top of the leaderboard for the first time in a long time, uh, is going to try to back up his $315,000 from the Fortinet Championship with whom, sir? Uh, Well, I think this week we're going to go with Mr. Chuck Hoffman. Oh. Chuck's Oh. This is a uh, birdie bonanza or whatever we're trying to call it, you know, scoring fest. We've been trying to workshop a new phrase for that since, you know, we have no clue what to call it. Uh, yeah, the Chuck can go low. Uh, hopefully, we can give out points for first round leader because that tends to be where he soars. I, I was gonna say he and Keegan can just have like a first round leader matchup situation going on. Those guys are like the king of shooting a yeah. sixty five on Thursday. There's there's a couple of names, and I will give credit. Sepstraka is among them of names that you <laughs> that you only see at like 9 a.m. on PGA Tour 5 <laughs> at the top of yeah. the leaderboard, and then you for, never for, see them again. You're just for the like, longest oh, yep. time, For the longest time, my dad thought Ricky Barnes was like the best golfer on earth because he only <laughs> checked the scores. He only checked the scores Thursday at 9 a.m., and he was in the lead at four under through five every single time. Yep. And he like, thought he was the best player on earth. And then, and then no, inevitably sure. they, they make the turn, look at the leaderboard, and, uh, you know, Miss the cut or whatever. So I'm going with uh, with Hoff this week. Okay. Hoffman for Jacob. And we don't have Mark's pick yet. Um, Shocking. Shocking. Well, I mean, we're holding on to this episode until it will be released after they send in the picks. Right. So we don't know in the moment. But when this episode goes live, all picks will be submitted. Is that is that accurate? That is correct. And everyone can check what those picks are on the cheat sheet. You follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm low-key hoping, Jacob, that Mark forgets to send his in because we have new rules in place this year that don't allow the, oh, I just forgot, and I'll give it out before 8 a.m. Thursday morning. No, 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 no. So people at home understand this. If you don't get it in on time, you get the lowest-ranked player in the field. 
Period. End of story. That's what we, we're doing. Did we say that was OWGR, right? Yeah, the official world golf ranking for the lowest. So if an amateur's in the field, they don't have a golf ranking, so they don't have to take that. Okay. It's a pro- professionals. It'll be like Martin Trainer, 1233rd. Yeah. And my heart would break if Mark got Martin Trainer. My heart would break. Yeah, I'm sure you'd be devastated. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There you go. Follow uh, at First Cut Pod for all your uh, cheat sheets and other musings. Gentlemen, thank you very much. This Sanderson Farms Mega Preview Pod in the books. I'm off to see him. I'm off to see the big, the beefy one. The th- Tell me, say hello. To <laughs> Tell me, say hello. Go hit some uh, long drives and see how it goes. So I am hitting the road right now. Uh, I want to thank producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there. It's the coach. You can find him on Twitter at the coach rules. Kyle Porter is at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.